0: Welcome to the Scripture Study Project, our podcast dedicated to helping you discover the Scriptures in a fresh way. Invest your mind and heart into your personal study, and connect to God in your everyday life. I am Zach here with my wife Krista, and you were going to say hi. Hey.
1: There you go. Hello.
0: And uh, this is Alma chapters thirty-two through thirty-five. Some of my, some of our all-time favorite chapters in the Book of Mormon.
1: Seriously. I hate to be cliche about that I know because a lot of people love these ones, but then you read them and study them and you just can't help but be amazed.
0: We had an episode (laughs) two years ago, um, that was actually really well liked.
1: It was one of our most listened to episodes as far as stats go, I think.
0: And it wasn't necessarily because of what we said in the episode, but I, uh, we, we opened up the topic of belief and different ways to frame belief that Alma teaches in chapter 32. And I think a lot of people, uh, had a really meaningful personal study of Alma chapter 32, um, based on that perspective. And so,
1: so we are going to refer you back to that episode. It was 31 and 32 that we studied last. Well, in 2018 is when we did that book of Mormon study. Um, so go listen to that. I think there's, it's certainly timely for, well, obviously it's timely because we're studying those chapters again. Um, and it's hard not to talk about the same thing because we love that topic and, are talking about something different and relevant for today as we kind of bring in the rest of these chapters here. So we would refer you back to that episode if you feel like listening to more or want to hear what we said there. Uh, but we're excited for what we have today, too.
0: Before we do that, um, we want to do something we don't do very often, but we wanted to read a couple of reviews. Now, this is in no way an effort to promote ourselves or to aggrandize the podcast that we have. Uh, More, we read these because they're feedback for us as podcasters. um, But they also, these reviews that we're going to read, hit it on the head for what we are trying to do with this podcast. And the reason why we read them is because this is, it's a little bit different. Our aim for this podcast is a little bit different than a traditional podcast. And so Chris is going to read the reviews um, and then I'll kind of explain why we like them so much.
1: <laughs> well, and thank you to those of you that have left reviews. We're just so grateful for that. I think we were kind of I mentioned before we were kind of in a slump on past episodes of hitting just that summer slump, I think mostly, but um it's really motivating to hear from you. We're grateful that you're out there and grateful when you take the time to let us know what you think and feel. So um first I'm gonna read one from Wesani. Wesani something like that. You know how these usernames are, but if it's you, you know who you are. So thank you. They say, I enjoy so much listening to each of your perspectives of the scriptures. It makes me want to not just listen, but see if I can find meaning in my own life. Thank you. This next one comes from Chelsea 04. I listen to this podcast every Monday as a jump t- start for my study of Come Follow Me that week. It gives me a great place to start as I delve into my personal study throughout the week. I always walk away with deeper insights and more of a love for my Heavenly Father, my Savior, and the scriptures in my life. Thank you both for the time you put into your studies and personal revelation that you share. It blesses my life so much. Oh, thanks. Um, that was me saying, oh, thanks. <laughs> Not, I, was, I wasn't reading. <laughs> and then lastly, this one comes from T-E-R-Y-N. She says, he or she says, I have several come follow me podcasts that I listen to, but the one I keep coming back to is this one. I love the dynamic between you as hosts and couple, the insights you share, the way you help me think about the scriptures. This is not just a podcast to tell you about the chapters, but get you thinking for yourself what you are learning. I have learned more from verses I have read several times before simply because I viewed it differently. Some of my most looked forward to time of day is my scripture study. Thank you for helping me find excitement in the scriptures. I think these warm our hearts so much. Is that cheesy to say? Warm our hearts? Mm-mm. Not at all, because it's the truth. Um, is just that this is exactly what we're hoping to do. We know that what we say isn't going to be the thing that changes you, but hopefully we can point you to the scriptures. And I feel like these have the reviews that we're getting are validating for us because that is what we want to do.
0: In fact, when we set out and we decided on a name for the podcast and we chose the Scripture Study Project, the idea was we wanted to be part of a project with you where we we enliven and enlighten your personal scripture study. We've always said, if you walk away from the podcast and the highlight of your week is something we said in the podcast, then we failed. Because the highlight of your week, the highlight of your scripture study, should be something you find, something that God says to you. Now, if we're a tool that helps you get there, reframes something, or gives you a good question, or points out an insight to you, then great. Great. Um, But we love these reviews because what we're going for in every single episode is what could we say or do or provide that might give someone just a little bit different perspective so that their own personal scripture study comes alive and God talks to them in their personal lives, lives,
1: lives. So yeah, thank you so much, and thanks for being a part of our project. We're working on our own personal projects, and we're just glad that we get this community here to do it with, and so many fun friends to study with. So to start us off this week, last night we finally got to watch the Michelle Obama documentary on her on her book tour, Becoming. Now, I read her book a couple months ago and just loved it, so we've been excited, and I don't know why it took us so long to watch it, but we... We loved it, and we love her message. And there was one particular scene where she is with a group of girls, teenage girls, and one of them asks her a question. She said, how did you get over being invisible? Michelle Obama answers with this. Um, She says, you don't wait for others to see you. You start to see yourself first. Powerful message. Um, I think she carries a powerful message generally, but I love that and couldn't help but see that in this moment in the Book of Mormon as well. As we see this group of Zoramites who are pushed aside, who feel invisible because they can't do the things that they want to, which is worship and pray like they have learned and that they thought that they need to be doing. And what a moment for us also. In history right now, that we're we're living right now, is that these groups who have been marginalized for so long are speaking up, and we're going to try and listen to them.
0: Well, and maybe to link all this together, um, I can read here in Alma chapter 32. So uh, we cut the story off halfway in our study last week. Alma and Amulek and some of the sons of Mosiah and Alma's sons are preaching to the Zoramites, who have built this giant tower in the middle of their city. They're praying. They're only letting one person in the tower at a time to pray. And part of the side effect of this kind of perverted cultural religion that they have is that the poorer people are excluded from public worship. And so they send this group to Alma, who's preaching. And in verse 5, it says, "...they came to Alma, and the one who was the foremost among them said unto him, "'Behold, what shall these my brethren do?' For they are despised of all men because of their poverty, yea, and more especially by our priests. For they have cast us out of our synagogues, which we have labored abundantly to build with our hands. And they have cast us out because of our exceeding poverty. And we have no place to worship our God. And behold, what shall we do? So an invisible or neglected people who are wondering what they should do, most specifically, wondering what they should do to worship God. Two years ago, we focused on the faith part of Alma chapter 32, which is a great kind of microscopic view into these chapters. But the macroscopic view is chapter 32 is part of this larger whole, which is how do we how do we worship as a people who are uh, neglected or invisible? Now that has so many different applications to uh, current relevance or current situations. Um, but one that is relevant, maybe for us, is as we're living in this COVID world and we don't have a place to worship, we might feel, well, how do we worship? How do we grow closer to God?
1: Yeah, we've essentially been kind of kicked out of our synagogues as well.
0: So that might be one relevant way to view these scriptures. Uh, Certainly, there are many people who feel, whether they go to church or not, they feel excluded or feel um, cast out because of one thing or another. And they might have that similar question. What do I do because I'm cast out? Whatever it is that speaks to you, I think these chapters hold a lot of relevance. And the question we want to ask is the question that they ask Alma. They ask it here in this verse, um, what shall we do? And then in chapter 33, they ask the same question again. They kind of reiterate it and ask it to Alma. This is chapter 33, verse 1. After Alma had spoken these words, they sent forth unto him, desiring to know whether they might believe in one God, that they might obtain the fruit of which he had spoken, or how they should plant the seed or the word of which he had spoken, which he said must be planted in their hearts, or in what manner they should begin to exercise their faith. And so the question we want to ask in this study is, well, three, actually. Question one, what is it exactly that we worship? Two, why do we worship? And three, How do we worship? Maybe especially when we're feeling distanced from others or distanced from a
1: group. And I think at that heart of that, of all of these questions, is how do you worship and connect to God so that you can start to see yourself the way that God sees you and see yourself in that greater view, that greater vision that God has in store for you?
0: So question one. Uh, the Zoramites in chapter three through one that I just read, they come to Alma and they ask whether they should believe in one God that they might have the fruit that Alma talked about. They want to know what it is or who it is that they should worship because there's been a lot of confusion.
1: I think that gets answered pretty good throughout these as we listen to Alma and Amulek teaching. But this verse in chapter 34 verse 2 this is amulek he says my brethren i think that it is impossible that you should be ignorant of the things which have been spoken concerning the coming of christ who is taught by us to be the son of god yea i know that these things were taught unto you bountifully before your dissension from among us i love that because i think he's reminding them don't forget that just because you feel invisible or that you feel cast out it's still the same christ he's still there it's still him And going back to 32, chapter 32, verse 42, Alma says, And because of your diligence and your faith and your patience with the word in nourishing it, he talks a lot about the word as the seed and that Christ is the word. Remember that what you're nourishing, what you're planting is always rooted, get it? Uh... Rooted in Christ. That's, That's what the focus should be.
0: In fact, this is the central issue of all of these chapters, both last week and this week. Um, last week, we talked about Korahor and the Zoramites and their Antichrist teachings. Now, I've heard some discussions about what Antichrist is or isn't. It is the simplest definition, to be Antichrist. Not to be the Antichrist, that's a reference to the devil in the book of Revelation, but to be Antichrist is simply to preach against Christ. A careful reading of the scriptures, even an easy reading of the scriptures, shows that that's what antichrist is. And the reason that is so damaging and dangerous is because Christ is the only way and the only one that can get us where we need to go. And Amulek is adamant about that. Uh, he says this in chapter 34 It is expedient that there should be a great and last sacrifice. Yea, not a sacrifice of man, neither of beast, neither of any man or fowl. It shall not be a human sacrifice. It must be an infinite and an eternal sacrifice. Now there is not any man that can sacrifice his own blood, which will atone for the sins of another. If a man murdereth, behold, will the law, which is just, take the life of his brother? I say unto you, Nay. But the law requireth the life of him who hath murdered. Therefore, there can be nothing short of an infinite atonement, which will suffice for the sins of the world." Therefore, it is expedient, he says, that you should believe in Christ. And so what we worship is the fundamental point that Alma and Emma, that's the whole reason they go preaching among the Zoramites. It's not just because of the Ramayumdum or the prayer or the tower or the porpia. It's because of the preaching against Christ that is so dangerous and so damaging.
1: And I guess in the end, it's not really a what we're going to worship, but it, it's the who.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think today there's a danger that we have that's similar to this. Now, I don't know of too many people. Well, I, of course, know people that are uh, that would preach against Christ, but that's not really the danger that we face. However, there are those, I think, that would strand us out on some kind of gospel limb, get us so bogged down into discussing a doctrinal point or historical point or a social point. Not that those shouldn't be discussed, not that they shouldn't be understood and talked about, but if separated from the core trunk of Christ, if we get too far out on that branch without being centered in Christ, his teachings and his, his relationship with us, then we fall. And the problem is, is among the Zoramites, Because they get so far away from Christ, they start to look back at those who have a simple faith in Christ, and they become very contentious. Their prayer uh, is very haughty. We thank thee, O God, that you have made us better than our brothers who have this false belief in a Christ. And we feel something similar today, that that, uh, sometimes when people get um, far out on these branches and they get separated from Christ, they'll look back at those who are quote-unquote have a, a simple or a basic testimony in Christ.
1: What they view what they as. View, right. As and
0: and, they, and there's a lot of contention there.
1: So now that we've answered the what slash who, the question is, why do we worship? And I think this goes along, Zach, with what you've been saying. This is Alma thirty-three twenty-three. And now, my brethren, I desire that ye shall plant this word in your hearts. And as it beginneth to swell, even so nourish it by your faith. And behold, it will become a tree springing up into everlasting life. And then may God grant unto you that your burdens may be light through the joy of his son. And even all this can ye do, ye do if ye will. I love that thought combined with what you're talking about of this trunk, this this is the basic core, the center of what we're doing. And this idea of it will become a tree springing up into everlasting life. And we're kind of skipping ahead of the whole seed thing. But this is why. This is what can happen to your life, to your faith, as you center it in in Jesus Christ.
0: In fact, we, we read Alma chapter 32 often to the exclusion of those verses you just read. We get mm-hmm. caught up in the experiment upon the word and the seed, which is great. We want to know that the seed is good, or we want to know that the word that we're hearing, the gospel that's being preached to us is good and that it's true. But the whole point of knowing that something is good and true... The whole point of planting a seed isn't just so that you know that it's a good seed. You plant a seed to get a tree, and you plant a tree to get fruit. And so it doesn't do us a whole lot of good if we just end up with a testimony that something is good or true. We want to nourish that testimony, according to Alma, so that it grows into a tree that bears us fruit. And there's so many fruits that a relationship with Jesus Christ can bear us.
1: And so I love that springing up into eternal life. And I love some of these words that Alma uses to describe that, that, you know, but we have to say them anyway, because they're good. Um, some of these, if ye give place, if ye desire, he says, it's going to enlarge the soul, enlighten understanding. It's going to become delicious to me. Um, that, that's in verse 28, moving on to verse 34, and your mind doth begin to expand. Isn't that kind of fun to think about? Just all of these, yes, exactly. Yea, because it is light and whatsoever is light is good. And I think those things all come together as we're planting our tree. You can feel this as your tree grows.
0: Well, we're probably reading too many verses, but there are just too many good ones. This is verse forty two. Because of your diligence and your faith and your patience, with the word and nourishing it, that it may take root in you, behold, by and by you shall pluck the fruit thereof. Which is most precious, which is sweet above all that is sweet, which is white above all that is white, and which is pure above all that is pure. And you shall feast upon this fruit, even until you are filled that you hunger not, neither shall you thirst. It's a lot of symbolism there. But again, the whole point of planting a seed is so that you can grow this fruit. And so, why do we worship God? It's not just so that we can know that He's there, it's not just so that we can bear testimony, it's so that we can have this kind of fruitful joyful fill our souls never hunger never thirst kind of mortal life not to mention the immortal and eternal life that comes that's why we worship because god a relationship with god bears us these kinds of fruit
1: and talk about starting to see yourself as you feel god at work in your life in in these ways that we just read in these verses it's a beautiful thing um so we've got the what who/who who, the why and the how. So how do we worship? Um, They were in This is starting in 32 verses verse six. It says they were in preparation to hear the word. They were ready to hear it. They were truly penitent. Verse eight, I behold that ye are lowly in heart. And this is Alma talking to these people. And he talks about their humility and their readiness to worship. They just, they just simply didn't know how. Um, And so I think that's the beginning of all of this is the willingness to to listen and the willingness to put yourself out there.
0: Well, you read the verse earlier at the beginning of twenty-eight, where Alma says, "If you can just give place." In fact, in verse twenty-seven, right before that, he says, "Even if you can have no more than a desire to believe."
1: For me, a similar word was choose to believe. Mm-hmm. That want or that, and I think that that ties in perfectly with how of that desire, start to develop that desire to believe. Um, So this is in 32, verse 18. Now I ask, is this faith? Behold, I say unto you, Nay, for if a man knoweth a thing, he hath no cause to believe, for he knoweth it not. And then verse 21. And now, as I said concerning faith, faith is not to have a perfect knowledge of things. Therefore, if you have faith, you hope for things which are not seen, which are true. We read those verses a lot. Um, that for, especially that one I just read, faith is not to have a perfect knowledge. You don't have to be perfect with it. Um, but we still kind of feel like we have to. And I liked verse 18 because it says, for if a man knoweth a thing, he hath no cause to believe. So this is not a knowledge. This is not a knowledge. Do we understand that? (laughs) I don't think we do sometimes. I think that there's so much about faith that is just this practicing. It's the experimenting. And we're invited to do that in verse 27 experiment upon my words, just experiment and don't stop experimenting. This is going to be something that keeps going and keeps flowing and changing as we grow older. I know I've talked with a lot of people, had conversations where they're confused because their relationship with God feels different and they aren't connecting to God in the same ways that they did, or those ways maybe don't feel like they're working. And for me, I felt the same way, certainly, but I think I've invited the experiments enough, and I I like figuring things out with my relationship with God, because I've seen that the fruits come when I experiment, and I keep experimenting in different ways. And I'm here to just say that he keeps reaching out to us in these new and exciting ways, which is why I think we can continually, like, enlighten and be enlarged and have all of these great feelings that we have described here. And when we're talking about trees, I just can't help but think of one of my favorite things to listen to, funny enough, is the garden show. (laughs) It's one of those um, gardening radio shows on Saturday morning. On talk radio. On talk radio. Because I'm always so amazed at the knowledge that these people have about plants and trees. Maybe it's a thing I hope to develop. Mm -hmm. But what I'm thinking of is the the care that it takes for fruits to grow on a plant. Zach, you're mentioning the fruits a Mm -hmm. lot here. It's a constant nourishing. They're constantly trying to figure out which pesticides and how much to put on and what they need to do to the roots and the soil. And there's a lot of experimentation that goes on there. And I think that another wonderful thing about this tree analogy is that don't quit experimenting. Um, God's going to be there for us in all of the stages, and it may look different. And I think that's a wonderful exhilarating thing that's yeah. how we're going to feel those expanding feelings that he talks about
0: i love we said this before we were recording but you just said the simple phrase of nourish instead of neglect those are two words that alma uses right don't neglect mm-hmm. the seed if something doesn't work don't give up don't let the seed die it doesn't mean that the seed is bad if it's not growing it might mean alma says that your soil is barren or it's not getting enough water or it's not getting enough sunlight or you need to try something different And so if our relationship with God isn't quite what we want it to be, or it's different than it used to be, don't neglect the seed, just nourish it differently. Try something different.
1: Another great phrase that we see is um, in 33 verse 19, that from the Bible, that many did look and live. Sometimes we just got to keep looking, looking for answers. Mm -hmm. And I like like that with experiment, look and experiment and, and keep trying. Yeah.
0: Well, what I found in answer to this how question um, is something I'd never noticed before. It was because I got fixated on this word worship that shows up in these chapters. I'd never noticed it repeated so often. So listen to this. This is chapter 33, verse 3. Uh, The Zoramites, these poor Zoramites, come to Alma and they ask, What do we do? How are we going to exercise our faith? And Alma responds with this. Do you remember the, to have heard what Zenus, the prophet of old, has said concerning prayer or worship? I've never noticed that Alma equated those two things, prayer and worship. And once I noticed that, I noticed that this is something that is very clear in his mind and in the minds of the people that come to him. For example, going back a chapter, chapter 32, verse 5, which we read, they say, we have no place to worship our God. And behold, what shall we do? Well, no place to pray. They, they're they kicked out of the place of prayer. They cannot go and pray. And for them, they understand prayer to be worshipped. In chapter 34, after Amulet gets done listing All of the places that a person could pray, he closes by saying this, middle of verse 34 Humble yourselves even to the dust and worship God in whatsoever place you may be in. Now, this might be oversimplifying it. I'm sure that it is because there are so many different elements of worship. But I love the simple connection that maybe the most basic and simple way to worship God is to talk to Him. And both Alma and Amulek make the exact same point, which is you do not need a synagogue or a tower to talk to God. You can talk to him in your field. You can talk to him in your closet. You can talk to him when you're at work, when you're commuting, when you're tired, when you're excited, when you're sad, when you're happy. When you've been kicked out or when you've been invited in, you can talk to God. You should talk to God anywhere and everywhere. And that's Amulek's message. Stop attaching yourself to this external definition um, or boundaries that are set to you, your relationship with God is individual and can be individually built. My favorite definition of faith that I've ever heard is just simply trust. To have faith in Jesus Christ means that you trust him. He's the person that gave you the seed. You plant the seed, it starts to grow and it's a good seed. And Alma says, wouldn't this strengthen your faith? In other words, wouldn't this strengthen your trust in the person that gave you the seed? So all prayer is, is talking to Jesus, talking to Heavenly Father, having a relationship with him so that you can strengthen that trust, so that you trust him more. And the more you trust him, the more he can tell you and give you, the more that he tells you and gives you, the more that you can act and grow and learn. And it creates this wonderful upward cycle.
1: Well, and talk about super relevant advice for us right now is we don't have those places like we mentioned before. And this is us. This is how we start to see ourselves is as we connect to God in these, in these ways and we can do it anywhere. This is kind of the central message of, I think what we're trying to say too in our podcast generally is that you can connect to God through the scriptures, through those personal devotions, through your personal worship. And that's comes through prayer and meditation and thinking of God. And that's when we start to see ourselves.
0: Not to put words in, in Michelle Obama's mouth, but I, I think an appropriate addition to her comment to that young woman, her answer was beautiful, which is don't wait for the external world to see you. You see you. That's what makes you visible. I would love to add to that, to that young woman and know that God sees you. And when you have that testimony that he sees you and he loves you, there is no way that you can ever feel invisible again. Well, one final thought in closing. Um, We don't often these two things together because there are quite a few chapters in between them. But chapter 35 and chapter 43 are linked in the Book of Mormon. Now, if you flip ahead a couple of pages, chapter 43 is the beginning of the war chapters in the Book of Mormon. It's Captain Moroni and the whole battle, and it takes us to the whole end of the Book of Alma. It takes up 20-something chapters. Um, It's linked with chapter 35 because chapter 35 is the beginning of the war chapters. We don't think of that because chapters 36 through 42 are a list of letters that Alma sends to or writes to his sons. And so that kind of interrupts the story a little bit. But chronologically, chapter 35 happens, and then the war starts. And here's why it starts. These poor Zoramites that believe Alma and Amulek, they leave their land. They go and live with the people of uh, Ammon, the anti-Nephi-Lehi's, those converted Lamanites. They go and live with them. When the rulers of the Zoramites find out, they get angry and upset. They tell the people of Anti-Nephi-Lehi, kick those you know, Zoramite uh, traitors out. The Anti-Nephi-Lehi's refuse. They, they harbor them and they protect them. And so it says in verse 10 that the Zoramites are stirred up to anger. They start to mix with the Lamanites and make preparations for war. In other words, 20-something chapters of the Book of Mormon details this giant war that is fought over this issue, which is... These people who feel invisible, who have been cast out, finally, finally finding God. That's what the war is fought over, a people that finally finds God. That's how central and important this issue is. It's the reason why Captain Moroni fights what he fights, because he believes that these people have a right to develop an individual relationship with God. So thank you for studying with us this week. We hope that this episode begins your own personal study of these chapters that will strengthen your own personal relationship with God. You are not invisible. You are known to Him. He sees you. He loves you. And He is just waiting for you to reach out to Him.